it's the next level. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. Jack-o'-lanterns are lit. The dead babies are on display. The nights are a bit longer and the days a bit shorter. The air will be cooler soon and the leaves will change color. It's that wonderful time of the year again. The fall season is almost here. One month away from Shocktober, kids, and you can kiss all that canceled Halloween garbage away. Halloween is one true holiday, true to its origins, and despite all the commercialism and capitalism of the annual harvest time of the year, well, it's the one holiday that those who love it, they live it. Welcome back, Lurkers, to another fine blunder of a podcast episode from Studio Zero and part of the Next Level Network of Podcasts. It's time to zoom on in to this week's episode of What What Lurks Behind behind Podcast Podcast Zero. Zero. And I am your host, Postmortem Paul. And this week, reviewing a very new movie film from 2020 itself like film during lockdown oh my god we're imprisoned we're in lockdown what do we do let's film a movie it's a shutter exclusive it was actually based on a short film slash prank that the writer director of this film played on his friends apparently this week's seance is about the movie simply known as Host. But first, because I can never do openings right, so I always gotta do my little Jay Leno monologue, you know? It's never interesting or funny, but it's me! Who knows? Whatever. Um, so, what to talk about? Earlier today, actually, I'm gonna kinda talk about this for a second. Eventually, this movie will probably be featured as a full-length review on the podcast, but because it hasn't happened yet, and I have really haven't talked about this movie ever before that I know of, um, kind of watched the movie Wrong Turn earlier today. The movie from 2003 with uh, Eliza Dushku and Desmond Harrington. Lindy Booth is in it. Uh, Lindy Booth was in... Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. She was also in Kick-Ass. 
wears a kick-ass too. I think she was in both of them. I don't fucking know. Anyway, um, yeah, so I watched Wrong Turn today, and it's interesting because, I don't know, for some reason, when I was younger, like, I never hated the movie. I've owned it. I mean, I have it on DVD and whatnot and VHS. I mean, it's not like I don't own the movie, but it was never never one that really like stood out you know what I mean like I liked it but it was like okay it was there and I don't know today I was just in the mood for it I was like I haven't watched this movie in a couple years let's revisit it and you know maybe it's that I'm more older and I appreciate movies differently now or something I don't know I actually really enjoyed it today more so than I have in the past and I think part of that was because I looked at it more like an homage as opposed as, as opposed to as a, uh, like a ripoff. When I was younger, I used to watch it and go, ah, it, it reminds me too much of The Hills Have Eyes or Texas Chainsaw Massacre and whatnot. Which, I mean, it does. It definitely pulls from that. But I kind of realized that when I'm watching it to approach it as an homage, as it... it instead of looking at it as oh my god you ripped everything off kind of like Rob Zombie films and I mean Rob Zombie love him or hate him you know I mean it, you, you never see people like kind of in the middle with Rob Zombie films they either fucking hate the dude or they love everything he's done um, but a lot of his films are an homage to things that he he grew up with and he loved I actually saw an interesting comment um, and I didn't get the person's name or anything, but somebody was writing about, uh, because Halloween, his his version of Halloween just um, had its anniversary. August 31st was its anniversary date. And that one came out, what, 2007, I believe. Anyways, someone was saying, well, yeah, Rob Zombie's Halloween was basically his his version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with Michael Myers instead. And... Maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I'm not going to go into the whole Rob Zombie thing. But I kind of more or less looked at the comment as... That's the thing with Rob Zombie films, and even his music as well. It was always an homage. It was always his way of tributing the things that he loved. So I approached Wrong Turn that way this time. And actually found that I appreciated the movie a lot more than I have in the past. So... The reason I bring this up is because there's a remake that's been announced on the bubble yet again. And that remake is none other than The Exorcist. And of course, wow, the internet is just like, no, 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 like people are like screaming. Um, I'm not going to scream. I'm recording this at almost like three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I'm not waking my neighbors up, but um yeah here's the thing with the exorcist is that okay so they're gonna remake it i've always been that person that said if you're gonna remake something do it at least 20 years later well the original exorcist came out what 1973 and this is 2020 okay maybe it's time i'm not saying to be fair i mean how do you how do you make a remake better than perfection because that, that original Exorcist film is perfect, the way it is, in my opinion. I'm not saying you have to agree, 
but in my opinion, it's a perfect film. The thing is, is that, so what if they remake it? The original is still a perfect film to me. That doesn't change. I see so much of this anger and this hatred online of people getting pissed off about the remakes. I'm not going to lie. Yes, it seems like every fucking day there's another remake being announced. I get it. It's frustrating. But there's a lot of new horror and new films and new original ideas coming out as well. I mean, my Lurker's recommendation this week is kind of a new thing. The movie I'm talking about today is a new thing. There is original horror coming out. There is new ideas coming out. There's fresh ideas coming out. But the idea of The Exorcist being remake, being remaked, being remade, um, seems like it like pissed off the world. And it's like okay, but it's not like someone wrote an interesting point on the internet I, i've been reading a lot of comments lately trying not to get pissed off at people that piss me off but um i'm noticing like there are some people coming to the defense of these ideas and whatnot and someone someone made a very good point about okay so let's say for example a nightmare on elm street in 2010 they try to remake it and that thing bombed Looking at today, like looking at Nightmare on Elm Street fans today, do we sit there and go, well, that 1984 movie is now ruined for me? No. Like, we still love it. I mean, I have the whole collection. I have every film and plus five VHS tapes of Freddy's Nightmares. And I have posters and T-shirts and a talking Freddy doll and like like a Freddy glove and everything. Like... Freddy fans and Nightmare on Elm Street fans were, were not upset with the original, you know, with Robert Englund's Freddy. We still love it very much. There's that 2010 version. We just don't speak of it. Some people do like it. Oh, well, that's their thing, I guess. Like, So if The Exorcist be, is being remade, okay. It's not going to change the fact that I'm still going to watch the original and love it every time. It's like Psycho. Psycho, the 1960 version, the black and white one, Anthony Perkins, perfect film. You're never going to tell me that 1998 remake is better. It never will be. It didn't change my opinion of the original. So, yeah, whatever. Remake comes out. And this time they're hitting one of the, oh my god, don't you dare touch that movie, you know, The Exorcist, whatever. I'm not sure I'll see it yet. I haven't seen anything from it. I mean, give me a trailer. Let me let me decide whether or not I want to see this thing. I mean, there was that Exorcist TV series. Uh, ran for two seasons, I believe, on Fox. I never did get to the second season, but that first season was fucking awesome and Gina Davis was in that and I mean that was a continuation of the story it was awesome I didn't really care so much for the sequels I mean Exorcist 3 is awesome but I mean Exorcist 2 well <laughs> Exorcist 2 is like the joke that was played on everybody but I mean it is what it is but okay so they're gonna remake it think about this for a minute I mean it took what 1973 to 2020 before we finally decided okay now we're going to remake it it's not bad 
honestly, that's not bad. Like, I mean, it's not like they tried remaking it in, you know, 1980. So, I don't know. I mean, worst case scenario, the movie's gonna suck, and I'm just like, oh well. <laughs> like other remakes that I don't care for. It's not there. But then again, this could be, and I know blasphemy, I dare say this. Think about John Carpenter's The Thing, you know, or The Blob, or The Fly. These are three remakes that, like, people, like, swear by. And they're remakes, people. Savini's Night of the Living Dead is right up there with the original. I mean, there are some people that think Savini's was better than the original. I'm not one of those people, but they're out there. You know, Dawn of the Dead had a great remake. It is possible that The Exorcist could could have a better remake, if done right, if you have the right cast and the right director and whatnot. But anyways, I, I just wanted to just, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm finding that I'm... I find I'm more tolerant of, you know, people's bantering and whatnot, but at the same time, it's like, I think I'm saying I'm more tolerant of it to the fact that I'm just not going to comment to that person anymore. Like, and my, my whole attitude is, is if I don't like something, just scroll past it. Except if it's Hocus Pocus. I'm picking on you if you were a Hocus Pocus fan. I know she's not going to listen to this, but my friend Mel, like, swears by this movie, and I fucking have fun with her every day about it um <laughs> just because it's hocus pocus come on you gotta have fun with it um but yeah i, I don't know it, there's a new movie coming out um called come play uh the idea of the story is is um uh, like a spirit is trying to get to this kid through his technology and the idea of it is is that the the child in the in the movie, the main character is going to be autistic. And there's a lot of people that are actually really cool with this because they're like, wow, hey, cool, you know, like, we're going to bring in the idea of autism into this. But then there's some people that are like, oh, well, that kind of pisses me off. This movie would have been great if that wasn't a plot point and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so here's my thing on that is that it's their story to tell. The writer, director of come play which is going to be based off of a short story called larry it's his story to tell you don't like it move along don't comment stop bitching about it all the time like and i think that's i get it because i mean i think also like i'm more tolerant of it because i like to see what people are saying so i know what i want to comment on it but like it's just we got to stop and I know it's not going to happen, but we as fans need to stop being so insufferable, honestly. I, I saw the other day some guy was ranting about, you know, Batman cowls and costumes and whatnot and was saying, you know, how 1996 or 1966 gave us, you know, the gray suit and we didn't get it again for another 50 years till Ben Affleck and everything in between was all a bunch of garbage. And I mean, like, seriously, this dude's comment was like the size of a Stephen King novel. And it was insufferably, like, painful to just read this. Like, and why? Because people were saying that they liked Christian Bale's Batman, or people were saying they liked Michael Keaton's, and it pissed the guy off. And I was like, why? Why are you mad? Let people love what they want to love. I don't know. Anyways, 
I've rambled way too long on this. I do want to mention my Lurker's recommendation now and not later because it's something that I just watched tonight. It's the reason why I'm recording so late in the night because I watched this tonight and holy shit was it awesome. Believe it or not, something on Netflix caught my attention. It is a South Korean horror anthology, eight episodes, and the longest one is like 15 minutes long. The shortest one is something like five minutes long. And I know I probably don't even know how to pronounce this word, but I'm going to say it as it's spelt. Godam. G-O-E-D-A-M. Look this shit up. It's on Netflix. It won't even take you an hour to get through. It's fucking awesome. So creepy. There is some really cool shit in it. I'm not going to say a whole lot because I think everybody really needs to watch this. If you are a fan of like, you know, J-horror or Japanese horror or whatever they call it, you know, Korean horror and whatnot, Train to Busan, The Ring, Grudge and all that sort of shit, like all that stuff, you have to watch this series. It is so fucking good. And I guess I didn't realize this till after I watched it (laughs) And, and someone kind of pointed out a hint which is the hint that I'm sharing with everyone so that I think people might enjoy it more by the way it's subtitled yes you have to read it so go cry me a river and play your violin if you don't want to I don't want to read a movie well then don't watch it um but kind of like a manga you read a manga you read it from back to front well watch this like a manga Watch it from episode 8 to episode 1. Watch it backwards. And apparently you'll catch things a lot more. I I will say I watched it chronologically. I watched it episode 1 through 8. And there were things like if you pay attention to the details, you pay attention to the background and whatnot, you will see things that say, oh shit, this ties in with that. Okay, I got it and this and that. You do realize the stories do lock up, but there's some stories where you don't think they connect at all. Until you think of it backwards. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I fucking get it. So, I've been telling a lot of people that I've talked, well, (laughs) the few people I've talked to tonight before recording this, watch it backwards. I I intend to do this myself. I'm I'm eventually going to go back and watch it, you know, eight through one. Because apparently it makes a lot more sense and is even more engaging. I'm going to say, though, like, just putting this out there right now, my favorite episodes of the eight short like short stories red shoes is a definite standout i think that was episode five um the one that was after that dimension or dimensions i think that one was really good uh the very first episode crack is really good and i think it's episode three called special guest that was an interesting one which special guest kind of ties in with this week's episode like the movie review of the week as well uh, kind of done through the whole idea of you know streaming online and whatnot so anyways that's my lurkers recommendation it's called go Godam. um at least that's the english pronunciation for it uh and i guess what it i guess the the korean term like like when you translate it it basically means like urban ghost story or urban ghost legend so which makes sense when you watch it so 
anyways that's my lurkers recommendation of the week got that out of the way we're good moving on but now but now it's time to call on the dead while suffering imprisonment during lockdown 2020 oh my god i can't stand it i'm locked in my house how am i gonna do this how am i gonna deal with it well these kids did just fine at least they kind of did <laughs> a little bit oh when a seance goes wrong i guess uh, anyways trailer time out and when we come back our shared podcast experience will be host and not an episode about me you know because i'm such a great host it's a shutter exclusive called host back in a splat kids Hi guys. Hey, Dina. Caroline. Hi, Teddy. Hi. Let's do a shot after us. Okay, everyone, get in. Three, two, one. Have you ever done anything like this before? I've never done this over Zoom. Obviously, we're not physically together, but there's no reason why spirit can't communicate over the internet. Nothing's going to happen. Visualize us sitting in a circle. Spirit, we invite you to use us to pass on any communication. Is there anyone there? Please come forth. What was that? Amy, was that you? I heard it. I heard something. I think there's something here. Do you see that? Oh, Emma, no. funny. connected with something we gotta keep going we gotta talk to it it's kind of funny so i'm recording this right now and you know the premise of this whole movie is like a whole idea of you know a seance to contact the dead and stuff like that and anyways i'm recording this like i said early morning and you would think you know everybody in my neighborhood's asleep yeah right not in my neighborhood uh my neighbors are making noise next door and i wish my microphone could pick it up because it would sound really funny, like me talking and you hear thump thump. And it'd be like, oh, am I being haunted right now? Oh no, oh no. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, my neighborhood's kind of weird. Like, nobody's, nobody sleeps in this neighborhood. <laughs> it's kind of funny. There's always lights on, like, you know, four o'clock in the morning and whatnot. I'm one to talk, right? I'm up, but whatever. So, host. And let's not confuse this with, like, there's, what, two or three other movies called The Host? This one is not called The Host. It's Host. Um, the tagline is something like, uh, someone new has joined the chat or something like that. Um, this, uh, like I said, I 
it wasn't that I should say like I wasn't against this movie or anything, but my whole thing is, and you guys know, I, I say it week after week, social media pisses me off. And especially this year, what with the pandemic and everything going on, there's just been so many, so many like trigger words and hashtags and all this other bullshit online that just pisses me off. So knowing what the premise of this movie was, I was like, do I really need something shoved down my throat? Like, So I kind of avoided it. But then I noticed like Rotten Tomatoes had it at 100% approval rating. And I'm like, that's interesting. Because Rotten Tomatoes and horror movies do not go hand in hand very much. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then like I kind of started looking around. And even on Shudder, like Shudder, not that I really pay much attention to their comment section. But usually when people put reviews on there, you get a nice mixed bag you know you get your people that love the movie and you get your people that hate the movie and i just found that like when i went on shutter and was looking at the the user comments on shutter for this movie it was like straight down the line it was all positive and i'm like what am i missing and the movie's runtime is only 57 minutes long or 56 minutes long so i'm like okay seriously i can kill this off in an hour and if it sucks it won't be you know, it's it's not like I'm sitting here going, well, I just wasted four hours of my life. No, I didn't even waste an hour. So I'm like, all right. So I start this movie up, and I'm watching it, and I mean, I'll go more into depth in a, in a little bit, but all I will say is, is that for a movie that was 57 minutes long and almost, the beginning almost seemed like they were wasting time and I'm like, Oh shit, here we go. Like you, you don't have a long run time and you're already wasting time, but it was for a reason. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to like this. And by the end of the movie, 57 minutes later, when the movie was done, my idea for this week's episode was already cemented. It was like, that's it. I'm doing this. I'm reviewing this movie. I really didn't even have much planned for this week. I was like, to be fair, I was probably going to let this weekend go and just, or this week go and be like, "Ah, we'll do one next week. But then I saw this and I'm like, I need to do this. So the movie Host is kind of, it's, this is, uh, this is new and different because this didn't have a theatrical release. So the release date is, you know, for online, it's, it's a different kind of beast. So And because it's a different kind of beast, I'm doing this differently as well. I didn't write notes for this. What I'm doing is simply going based off websites because I figured, okay, and I'm doing this intentionally because this week's episode deals with a movie that is focused around the idea of the internet and computers and this new technical technological age we live in. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do the episode that way and see how this turns out. I'm not promising you know, a great episode, but we'll see how this goes. So the release date for this film technically was July 30th, 2020. And that was through VOD and Shudder. I believe VOD was for the UK, was it? No, the UK. Oh, wait. Yes, I think it was the UK. Interestingly enough. Canada got it on Shutter, US got it on Shutter, Australia and New Zealand got it on Shutter, 
the UK had to do it through VOD, if I'm correct, which is interesting because the movie is a British film. Kind of like Blood Quantum, which is a Canadian film. And here in Canada, we can't get it on Shudder because Bell Media owns it and wants to put it on Crave when they decide to. We still, we still technically don't have a streaming service offering this. I mean, sure, we can get it through um, Apple and Google, I believe now, like VOD that way. But in terms of like a streaming service offering the movie Blood Quantum, uh, no, not allowed here in Canada because Bell owns it and they're cocksuckers and don't want to put it out to the public. So whatever. So that was kind of interesting because I believe I read somewhere that the UK didn't get this movie on their shutter, if I read correctly. I could be wrong on that. I don't live in the UK, and yeah. Anyway, so the movie is directed by Rob Savage, and it was written by Rob as well, along with Gemma Hurley and Jed Shepard. Now, Rob is basically the mastermind behind this whole thing. This, um, the, the whole idea of this movie came from what they call a short video, uh, or a short film in which Rob Savage himself, he decided he was going to play a prank on his, on his friends. So he was, you know, doing like this group thing with his friends and he was like walking around. I think he was like investigating like his attic or something like that and had like, had things like pop out at him and stuff like that. And it made it look like that his, his attic was haunted. Basically he put the video online and it went viral. So after that, basically Shudder approached him and said, it's actually a really good idea. Would you want to take that idea and make it a feature film to be offered through, you know, our service and whatnot? And he went with it. So kudos to him for doing that. Um, I do know that it took 12 weeks to write, film, and get into the hands of Shudder. And I do know that he had to direct the film through Zoom, uh, which is interesting because this movie takes place using the Zoom chat-like format. And that's also how he was directing the actors. I say actors because everyone's playing their own name. Um it's a very interesting concept. He basically, with the actors, I mean, the actors kind of did their own quote-unquote stunts, uh, tricks they had to do in their separate homes and whatnot. He had to direct them on how to make it look convincing and whatnot. I know that one trick that he did was if he needed to get some of the actors in the proper mood, whether they need to be like scared or crying or whatever, he would have them watch horror clips that would like basically scar them <laughs> and it would cause them to have more natural reactions, which kudos to him. I mean, other directors have done it in the past. I believe Spielberg did it to Drew Barrymore actually during the filming of ET, if I'm correct. So not that it's something that hasn't been done before, but kudos to him for being able to do this through the internet. Um, but yeah, so it was written by Rob as well, along with Gemma Hurley and Jed Shepard, uh, produced by Rob Savage as well. So Rob basically is like, you know, the mastermind behind this. Um, 
he had other producers with him, like Douglas Cox, Craig Engler, uh, Jed Shepard, Samuel Zimmerman, and Emily Gatto. Okay, so let's see. What else do I need to... Like I said, I'm doing this completely differently. I feel like I'm almost like a lackluster piece of shit right now, but (laughs) it's like I wanted to try something different. Special effects were by Mike Knight. Uh, Music-wise, there really wasn't much music to this, which was... As a matter of fact, there's not really a score at all when I think about it. Because everything is through what you witness through the Zoom chat. So it's kind of cool. Might as well move right on to our starring cast. Which, again, um, really everyone's playing themselves so it makes it kind of easy because like it's for example like our main lead female Haley is Haley Bishop she's playing Haley um and it's supposed to be her and a group of friends they get this medium you know to come online with them and they're going to you know do a seance to talk to someone who's passed away you know in their lives I like um I think it's the one Emma is the one she's like, can I talk to like a dead pet? And I was like, that is so me. I would definitely be the one that would be like, can I like talk to Wally? <laughs> like, would that be possible? Um, so it's really cool. Uh, but anyway, so Haley Bishop plays Haley. Gemma Moore plays Gemma. Emma Louise Webb plays Emma. Uh, Radina Drandova as Radina. Carolyn Ward as Carolyn. Um... Edward Leonard as Teddy, and Teddy is um, like the the male, because the, the the chat is like basically all females except for one, and that's Teddy, uh, and his girlfriend is played by Ginny Lofthouse. Her name's Ginny, obviously. I don't think I have to tell you who they're playing because everybody's playing themselves. Um, uh, let's see, Celan, who is the median? She was uh, Celan Baxter. And the spirit was played by James Swanton. Um, I might also add that Craig Engler, I mentioned uh, Craig Engler, Emily Gatto, and Samuel Zimmerman were producers on this movie. They are actually uh, producers for Shudder. Um, so I just thought I would mention that quickly. It's really weird not being able to talk about a music score. But yeah, there is really no score to this film. Um, yeah, that's it, you know, and it's weird because it didn't even hit me till I'm actually thinking about it. There really is no score to this. Anyways, we'll move on to the synopsis and then I'll get into why I love this movie so much, which is kind of the part that I'm excited to do because I'm doing this completely off the cuff. It's just something that's fresh in my mind and I want to talk about it and I want to do it this way for once. Anyways, so... Basically, the synopsis is six friends get together during lockdown for their weekly Zoom call. It's Haley's turn to organize an, an acti- to organize an activity, and instead of a quiz, she's arranged for a medium to conduct a seance. Bored and feeling mischievous, Gemma decides to have some fun and invents a story about a boy in her school who hanged himself. However, her prank gives license for a demonic presence to cross over. 
taking on the guise of the boy in Gemma's made-up story. The friends begin noticing strange occurrences in their homes as the evil presence begins to make itself known, and they soon realize that they might not survive the night. Before I go any further, I do want to say that because I'm doing this a little bit differently, there may be spoilers in my review. Um, this movie is just too, too awesome to not talk about certain things that got a reaction out of me, which is something that happens very little, especially with newer films. Newer films do not get reactions out of me. I usually am watching them and I'm like, all right, that was cool. All right, that was interesting. Yeah, I've seen that before. That's usually me during a movie that's come out recently. And I'm not saying that for all of them. There's been some really awesome movies. A Color Out of Space is one of them that, damn, that got me reacting, you know. And Nightmare Cinema was a good one. Scare Package had some good laughs to it and whatnot. But in terms of movies today, and I, you know, this harkens back to even like my opening rants about, you know, remakes and whatnot. They just don't get me to react. And then I watched this movie and like I said, like it, it started off, it was, this movie was kind of fucked in the way that going into it, like I said, I'm not into the whole trigger words. I'm not into all this social media shit with, you know, the pandemic and, and just, 2020 and oh my god it's the end of my life and this is the worst year of my life and all that. And I'm not into all that like for me today September 1st starts 61 days of Halloween and on my social media I'll be posting like movie posters and talking about horror movies and just doing stuff like that because for me that's that's what I want social media to be for me I'm not into people posting their news articles and saying, if you don't believe this, you're wrong. Okay, go fuck off. <laughs> like, so knowing the premise behind this, you know, the idea of that it was a Zoom chat, they're in lockdown, there's going to be mention of, you know, the coronavirus, and there is actually a funny joke in here about that. But um, I, like I said, I kind of put it off. And so I'm watching this film, and I'd say it's about the opening... 10 minutes seems like it's almost like a complete waste but the whole idea of it when i when i was thinking about it later is it's showing us five or six kids in their everyday normal routine you know uh Haley logs on and she's setting up the zoom chat and as she's setting up each zoom chat each friend is jumping in and they're like, oh, hey, look what I did today. And it's it seems like it's just like kind of passe and kind of boring. But it's actually just to get you acclimated with the characters. And then the, the, the medium comes in. And, you know, she kind of lays down a few ground rules. Like, basically, don't disrespect the spirit. We're going to have this candle. You're going to have your... your your thing that will link you to the spirits of the afterlife and stuff like that. And she's in a very nice way, like explaining to them, don't fuck this up. <laughs> you don't want to fuck this up. And like first one, right off the bat, you have, you have uh, Teddy and his girlfriend, for whatever reason, a jealous little bitch. 
he's doing the chat and whatever and she comes over and just like oops i accidentally blew out his candle and oops i accidentally turned off his computer and she takes him out of the mix and you get like a little bit angry and i was i mean i was even watching i'm like ah oh, fucking bitch but then again could see that happening in real life it's like yeah there are those people that are just jealous of somebody doing something and having fun with it so whatever that happens and I, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's a 57-minute movie. So for about, I'd say, a good half hour of it, very little happens except for the setup. And I'm sitting here going, all right, well, I've only got maybe 25 minutes left to this movie. It's going to be over. If it's no good, well, then whatever. And then shit starts to happen. And I got to it, like I, like I said earlier, like when I was saying, like how the director had to work with the cast. He has to work with the cast and he has to direct them through the internet. Teaching them how to have things fall. How to have a chair slide across a floor. How to just do different things. And you're talking about, like, maybe the oldest one might be, like, 23, 24 years old. Like, I'm assuming most of them are actually, you know, in their late teens. Late teens, early 20s. And, man, they're fucking pulling it off. And uh, bit by bit, I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, okay, now you have me. And then, like, oh, what's the one scene? There was the one scene that was just... The one, I don't want to say which character it was, but the one basically, she has like, it's like set up that she has like a, a browser, like screensaver kind of thing. And her screensaver is her walking into a room pretending to be on her phone and this and that. And it makes it look like it's like a normal situation. And she gets cut off and then all of a sudden the browser's back and Haley, I believe, is the one who's talking to her. And she's like, oh, my God, you're back. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. It's your browser. It's your fucking screensaver. And she gets pissed off. And then there's one scene where just, like, really quickly you see a flash of a head get smacked right off the fucking laptop. And I was like, oh, shit, bitch is dead. Like, you know, me with my typical bitch is dead. Like, <laughs> I was I just, I'm like, wow. Like, it fucking got a reaction out of me. Um, there's one scene I'm not going to, you know, say a whole lot, but it's just there. I don't want to spoil it. I am going to spoil a little bit because there's something that I really enjoyed about this film that I do want to comment on is the fact that there's no hope. I like the idea that there's not like, you're watching this going, they're all going to die. And I know like people will say, well, you know, it, that's too grim. That's too bleak. That's this and that. I get tired of, don't get me wrong. I, I'm like every other horror nerd out there and every horror fanatic. We love our final girls. We love seeing, you know, at least one hero at the end of it. But I don't mind a change up every now and then when I see every motherfucker die. I'm not going to spoil how they die, 
but it's just nice to see that there's like, you fucked up and you're going to hell for it. <laughs> and there's no like, there's no like, oh, well, we're going to stop this and we're going to be victorious and blah, blah, blah. And this and that. No, you fucked up. Now you will pay the price. And it just, and even like, I, I got to say there, there's one scene um, this is earlier on. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but there's one scene where when Gemma is like selling her story about, you know, oh my God, uh, there was this friend. He He's trying to talk to me. He hanged himself. He was in my school and this and that and she's crying and all this shit. Kudos to the fucking acting because she like really pulls it off well. I'm not going to say that the acting is 100% perfect in this. I'm not, there's nothing that's actually perfect about this film. There is some definite flaws and there's definitely some, some symbolism that goes on in this movie. There's some, you know, ham fisted ideas and whatnot. It's not a perfect film. I, I, I need to tone it back a little bit. I am very, I, I very impressed with this film, but it's not a perfect film. You can see it was easily filmed in 12 weeks. And I mean, and that's when I say filmed in 12 weeks, that was literally from beginning process to Shutter finally aired it. So I think it took the whole process took place between March and June or March and July or something like that. Like, I mean, so you can tell there's some definite flaws in this film. It's not a flawless film, but. It's just, it, it was nice to see a low-budget flick, a low-budget flick that I can't even find the budget for. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they actually have, like, a rating for the movie. Like, it's not, like, rated R, I think, or anything like that. Um, yeah, not rated. It's a not-rated film listed as a horror mystery, basically, but that's about it. Um, and, I mean, yeah, like, it's... It's nice to see that it, it it's a nice little passion project that it worked out well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... And f- filmed at a time when in the UK, nobody was allowed to leave their home. Like, I mean, and there there's some definite funny jokes and, you know, mentions of that in here. They, I don't believe they actually specifically say COVID-19 in this. Um, they more talk about the lockdown. There's one part where the one girl sneezes. And everyone takes a fit and they're like, you're not allowed to sneeze anymore and stuff. And it's it's actually kind of funny because that is the way we act in this real world. Like there's, I know myself, I have allergies really bad. <laughs> if you've been paying attention to this podcast for the last two years, you know that. Like uh, how many times have you heard me go, oh, my allergies are acting up today. And I get a little bit of a cough or a sneeze from that. And every time it's like, there's always at least one person darting a look at me and it's like, I don't have the COVID. Will you fuck off, please? Like, (laughs) but like, I like how, and, and that actually in this movie, that scene with the sneeze and whatnot was something that wasn't even scripted. They, the cast totally went with it, which again, it shows, you know, they were working off the cuff. They were having fun with it. And that was something too, that I really, I really got, a feeling and a sense from this film that the, the, the creative team behind it was having fun with it. And it that's, that's like super really fucking awesome. Um, I'm not the only one that was hyped about this. Uh, critic reviews. Some of them were like off the charts. Um, uh, let's see, like New York times, uh, basically host observes uncannily the supernatural 
ephemeral, ephemeral, of course I can't say this fucking word, ephemeral and material worlds colliding together, gesturing toward an uncertain future. I should actually edit that out because I completely fucked his comment, but whatever. That's from Kyle Turner. Um, I'm an asshole. I admit it. Sometimes I just can't talk. And you'd think I would know how to, but whatever. Um, Simon Abrams of RogerEbert.com. He kind of said what I kind of felt, and he wrote, he wrote basically like Savage and co-writers Gemma Hurley and Jed Shepard do a fine fine enough job setting up their movies best better set pieces, but it's hard to overlook some obvious over like obvious for, foreshadowing here and some ham-fisted symbolism. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Like I was saying, like there's. The whole idea behind like the lockdown and the coronavirus and whatnot—it's it, something that's kind of annoying. I get it's, it marks it as a good timepiece and whatnot, but um, and there are certain scenes where it's kind of predictable. I'm not gonna lie. If you if you've seen like found footage movies before or whatnot, there are some scenes that you are gonna see in this that you're gonna be like, I saw that coming. Like I said, it's not a perfect film. There is some flaws, but. Um, it's really there's quite a bit of jump scares. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but they're well placed. Um, as Stephen uh, Stephen Ramai of the Australian said, there are well placed jump scares. Ones made all the more impressive by the fact that we are seeing them via webcam. Which that too, no expensive equipment used here. I mean, unless you want to talk about these kids' laptops, but everything is done through a webcam, um, and that. That's just how many times do you hear people will say, you know, like, oh, you can make a movie on your iPhone these days. This movie proved that doing it through a Zoom chat um, on top of the fact that it probably made Zoom a lot more popular because of this movie. So um, I don't know. It, a lot of people like like I said, like the, on Shutter itself, there was a lot of the user comments were so positive. I just I couldn't help. I had to watch this movie finally. Podcast zero rating is, um, I honestly don't know what to say that hasn't already been said about this movie, but I will say this. You got a guy like me who more times than not, when it comes to newer horror, I'm more of a skeptic. I don't walk into newer horror films expecting to be impressed. I usually lower my standards, lower my expectations because then it leads to less disappointment, right? That said, I mean, I love the movie Terrifier. Terrifier was one that really impressed me and it was a more recent film. But this movie, I mean, it changed me during the course of its progressions. And what I mean by that is that going into the film, I figured it was just an hour waster. I was like, oh, well, I'll waste off an hour of my time watching this and whatever. And by the end of it, I was a fan. I was like, holy shit. This movie was great. Like I said, like I didn't put much preparation into this week's episode. I, I'm doing things differently because this movie did things differently. And it kind of inspired me to try to do something different. Um, as you guys have been seeing with recent episodes of the podcast, I'm trying new things. This movie inspired me. I mean, it inspired me to fucking record an episode two weeks in a row. So kudos to that. Um, what else can I say that like this movie is 
it's a game changer in a way. I mean, yes, it, it does some predictable shit. I'm not going to lie. It, there are times when a door closes, a book falls, um, something jumps out of the shadows. You see it coming. It's not, it's not flawless, but it's, it's just, it's so good. And it's funny too, because, okay, there's a simple idea that's being presented on the screen that you kind of have to look a little bit further into to notice. And that's the fact that we, as the audience, we see six people on the screen. We're seeing a group of people. They're seeing, you know, each other, but they're all alone in their specific environments. So there's that feeling of isolation. We don't necessarily feel that isolation because we're watching all of them at once, but them each being in their own specific environment feels their own isolation, their own fears. And, you know, like they're all alone in each of their homes, minus Teddy, who witnesses his own girlfriend's demise before meeting his own. Um, and that that's something else that, like, it's kind of cool to witness that. Um and I mean, like, the whole movie is literally filmed like one big web chat. It never changes. Like, it, you're always looking through the, the camera view of whoever they want you to see. So, a final rating, I'd probably, I'd probably go somewhere around like a 7 out of 10. Maybe a 7.5. Uh, for especially for the the idea that it's very innovative and very inspiring, you're gonna see that this film might might actually inspire a lot of different kind of filmmaking going forward, especially now with technology. And that's something else. Like myself personally, I'm not I haven't been a big f- um, fan of the idea of you know bringing technology you know, the current technology into movies. I'm very old school. I love my 80s. I love my 70s movies. And I like the idea of, you know, old rotary phones and shit like that. The idea of cell phones and whatnot. I mean, even watching Wrong Turn earlier, you know, today, and he had a, like a fucking Nokia phone that you can't even send pictures through. Like, And I'm sitting there going, yeah, it's more my speed. But with films like this and possibly that new movie Come Play, you know, uh, eventually... It kind of made me realize that I don't mind seeing newer technology in these movies because there is different stories that can be told through them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm probably going to go about a 7.5 out of 10 for this. I it was it was fun to watch. It was great. Um, just to keep in with uh, all the other ratings, um, like IMDb has it at 6.7. You know, out of 10, and let's see, their common rating is a 7 as well, actually, at like 30% 7. So, um, definitely, let's see, because I always have to, uh, 92% of Google users like this film. So, there's 92% of the people that search this thing, and they're like, yeah, I like this movie. Um, even Metacritic has it at 72%. So, I mean, like I said, like a 7, 7.5 for me. I think is about accurate and that's about it. Um, I really, I just, I got to hand it to this fucking movie. It inspired me. And that's, that's something that's saying something. This was a fun movie. Um, And on that note, uh, basically thanks for listening, kids. Thanks for coming out to 
something new for me. I, I hope I was able to keep this interesting for you guys. I hope this uh, this was fun for you to listen to. I hope it maybe inspires you to, to you know to check the movie out yourself. Um, it's the the holiday season for us Halloween nerds now, so. Uh, 61 days of Halloween. Shudder's doing a 61 days of Halloween. So, I mean, I'm sure you're going to see some, like, you know, free trials and whatnot. If you don't already have Shudder, get the free trial, man. Check this movie out. It, Like I said, it, it fucked me up that, like... Perfect example. I'll, I'll give you an analogy of me with this movie. Think of me as the Russian audience when Rocky was fighting Drago. How at the beginning, you know, everyone was for Drago. They 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 were listening to one side of the story, and by the end of the movie, everyone was chanting Rocky, Rocky. And me, I was chanting host, host, host. Okay, so that was a really bad analogy, but I thought it sounded funny. Anyways, thank you for listening, guys. Um, I'm gonna shut up because I've been doing a lot of talking, and just let you know that you can find the show on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcast. You can find it on Google, Google Podcasts, or you can find it at its home, the nextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero, as it is part of the Next Level Network. Uh, Next Level Network, which is home to other shows like TFD Nerdcast, um, DC Primetime, which uh, Ben, if you're listening, where's your DC Fandom episode? I wanted to hear what you guys had to say about that. Um, Panels to Pixels is on there. Uh, the Melting Pat. Melting Pat's a... He's a Pat is an interesting guy. I, I like talking with him online. Um, we were, He actually posted a question the other day about... Um, would we want to see another live-action Batman, but a campy version, kind of like the 66 Batman? And, you know, like... Me, personally, I would love to see that done again. I mean, as long as it's promoted that way and we know it's going to do that, um, if it knows what it is, I say do it. Problem is, is that Batman fans can be insufferable twats. So, yeah, it would get hashtagged in, you know, online... What, what, are, what are those? The online um, uh, petitions? They'd petition it off before it even fucking had a chance to start. So, we probably won't see that. But... Hey, I, I think it would be awesome. You know, just have like another campy version, you know. Let's see who else can do it like Adam West. I mean, technically, yeah, Lego Batman's kind of that, but I mean, we're talking live action. But anyways, yeah, whatever. So yeah, next level network. Um, you can also find the show at what lurks behind podcastzero.com. And the social media, you can find it at Facebook, Facebook.com, what slash what lurks behind podcast zero. On Instagram at What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, which last week I accidentally fucked that up. I think I said Instagram at WLB Podcast Zero. Yeah, no, that's the Twitter address. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I think I, after I was done recording, I'm like, I think I fucked that up, but I wasn't sure. But whatever. Um, and that's that. That's the end of the episode. I'm going to close out with a, a kind of a funny song that I thought was kind of suitable for this episode. Um, we're going to close out with the classic uh, it's the classic 80s tune, Somebody's Watching Me, the one by Rockwell, where you know Michael Jackson did backup vocals and whatnot. We're going to close with that because I just thought you know it'd be perfect for this. Um, and yeah, that's, 
that's about it. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, this, I, I don't think it turned out too bad. I think it turned out okay. Um, I guess I'll know when I start hearing comments of people being like, yeah, you need to quit both your day job and your podcast job. But, um, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, now, like, I, I, I wish there would be, like, you know, like, like a thumping noise or something. Like, something that I could be like, did you hear that? Did you, did you hear that noise? Like, but, no. Of course my neighborhood has to be quiet right now. Oh, what was that? Oh, that's my Pepsi. Yes. You know how some podcasts will be like, oh, what are we drinking today? I usually drink Pepsi. I don't drink alcohol when I do these podcasts, which I probably should, but when I drink, I tend to slur like a lot more than normal. And because I know I have like a bit of a lisp and whatnot already, <laughs> I'm very self conscious about it. But um, yeah, I drink Pepsi. That's it. But anyways, thanks for listening, kids. Closing out with some Rockwell. That's about it. Matt's cut. You need to shut the fuck up! Swatching. 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 Swatching me.